freedom. Amen. Amen. God is so good. Yeah, he's good all the time. I like that. How many of you guys are have all of your Christmas shopping done? It's coming, just so you know. You have anybody that's very challenging to shop for for Christmas? Anybody? Just socks. Just go with socks. <laughs> um, do you ever have somebody that would really like you just to know what they want without telling you? Are you that person? Yeah. <laughs> want, need, either or. So a few Christmases ago, have you ever texted someone a picture and said, do you like this? No one. I have. I got, my sister was texting me. She's like, do you think mom would like this? Do you think Angie would like this? Do you think this person? I was like, hold on, let me zoom in. Let me look and check it out, all the things. And so a few Christmas ago, I got a text from my mom and she was, she sent me a picture and I looked at it. (laughs) You, you want to put the camera on or you can. (laughs) There's a point. You get $50 if you're included in the sermon? Okay. (laughs) So she texted me a picture, and and she said, from my memory's sake, because this was a few years ago, did you think your sisters would like this? And I looked at it and thought it was very terrible. And I said, yes, dot, dot, dot. And then I sent, like, the emojis with the really giant eyes, like, that's so weird. Have you ever used that emoji? Or the emoji with the the hat that's like blowing something like a, yeah, like, you know, woo, and then like wide eyes. And I, I sent her that. It's like a celebration one. And, you know, time passed, whatever. I never thought about it again until January 12th happened. And I was standing in my, in my mom's kitchen and she was um, so excited for what she got me for, for my birthday. And I was like, awesome, I have no idea what it is. And so I went, and lo, lo and behold, I opened this box from her. And this lovely animal was in there. You know when you send a text message that says yes with emojis that someone doesn't know or recognize, and then you get what you said yes to? <laughs> Uh, fail. (laughs) Huge fail. I was like, that is hideous. Like, it's a pet. Like, what is this? Came with earrings. All the jazz. She was so excited. And I was, like, mortified. Like, I won't ever want to wear that. And lo and behold, I'm using it today. But, I mean, there are times in our lives where we communicate and there's an epic fail. I did realize, like, that those emojis in text don't always come clearly through. She's like, I had no idea what that meant. I just thought you said yes. And I was like, those wide eyes? And then the, the one with the hat and the, the balloon thing, like, or whatever that thing is called. She's like, oh, I thought that was a cat. I was like, a cat? What? Okay. <laughs> Technology sometimes doesn't always allow you to really fully understand the fullness of, of the communication, even when we try to communicate well. 
Anybody have trouble communicating with someone specifically? Yeah? Anybody as a parent have trouble communicating with your children? I know for me, like, I'll be like, I need you to, you know, take the trash out. And then I come back and it's not out. I'm like, how did that lose connection? I don't, I started actually saying like, I need you to take the trash out. And then I said, what did I say? You need me to take the trash out? Good. We're on the same page. You know, like sometimes you have to do that. How about with your spouse? Any trouble communicating? Any? No. How about with your siblings or your coworkers, the people in your life, your friends? Ever have a, a, an error of communication with them and you're like, well, I thought you understood. And they're like, nope. Anyone ever use the word sure? I hate that word. I'm like, do you really want to do it or you really don't want to do it? You're just sure? I don't know. Like, I get real confused with the word sure when I ask a question. Like, and they're like, yeah. And I'm like, but I think you don't really want to. So there's lots of like, so if you use the word sure with me, I'm like a little bit uneasy that you actually want to help. Just so you know. (laughs) Sure. communication is such a gift. It's actually beautiful. This is like the, in life, the the greatest time of the ability to communicate where you can FaceTime, you can email, you can text. You, you don't even have to like dial numbers anymore. You just like, and it goes, it's so amazingly quick. I, sometimes it astounds me that someone in another country can like make a video, send it to me and I have it instantaneously. I just think it's wild the amount and the ability to communicate and still the airs of communication. And sometimes in the midst of things that are hard to communicate, sometimes when you're communicating on a daily like space with people, it gets hard. Sometimes you just want to give up. I'm like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I don't really want to do deal with this. And even last night, I'm sitting at the table with my children. My daughter's saying something to my son. And she's like, I quit talking to you. I'm not, I'm over communicating. I never make my point. I mean, she just went all like wild. And I was like, she really represents some of us in our own selves. Like, we just want to give up on communicating. Like, you don't really want to quit talking, do you? Like, you don't really want that wall to come and be there. You don't really want to stop. you got to keep pushing through. And so I was challenging her because I got really challenged as I was um, training Jubilee in school. And I told her this story about a duck. And it was like, the duck's name is Bob. And the duck likes to swim. And the duck has feathers. And the duck is doing this. And the duck does that. And I was like, well, how do you think the duck feels? And she's like, that was the question. And she goes, he's probably mad because everyone's touching it. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Mind blown. Emoji. Like... I obviously don't know how to communicate. Like, I realize that even with specific people, the way you communicate is ineffective sometimes. I have had to retrain myself in teaching her so that I can communicate effectively with her. I've said something. It would be like, where's my Bible? I was like, it's on the podium. Where I don't know. Okay, it's next to the piano on the black thing that's tall. 
I don't know. Okay, it's up here on the stage. You could come find it. It's like really the highest place. You know, like I kept having to like revamp how I say things. Sometimes when we communicate, we quit right away. The first thing we say to our spouse or our friend or our children and they don't get it, you're like, well, it's too bad for you. Instead of pressing through and trying to communicate. Pretty much. Like we we all... I think we all have that. And in Hebrews 1, verse 1 through 2, it says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by prophets. But in the last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he has anointed as heir of all things through whom he created the world. And I was thinking about how many times God revealed himself through the Old Testament in many ways. And he kept contending to speak to us. He kept, tr- he kept going this way and he would go that way. He came to Moses in a burning bush. He, he came um, to Joshua as an angel of the Lord. He came to Elijah and he said, I'm in the whisper. He came to Isaiah through vision. He came to Daniel and called him, and then he called him again, and then he called him again, and then again, until Daniel could hear that it was him. And Amos, he spoke to through a basket of summer fruit, so he showed through pictures. And Joseph, he spoke to in a dream. He even used a donkey to speak to people. I mean, he used, there was nothing off limits or unlike un, available for his kingdom use to speak to the people. And God was continually speaking time in different ways, in different time, in different spaces to reveal his son to people. And the miracle of the message is that God speaks to us today so that you can know him and that you can draw near to him. See, he didn't stop speaking. Even though the people didn't really fully grasp and understand the fullness of what God was trying to reveal. Not one single person could contain the whole story. Isn't that amazing? He didn't tell just one person in the Bible the whole thing. He went and he spoke it through different people at different times and different seasons. And he kept revealing himself and he kept making himself known to us. And then all of a sudden on the earth, after 400 years of silence, he broke through and God sent his son to bring the message to us. But it wasn't just that Jesus came just to say, hey, I'm, I, I am the son of God. He didn't actually do that. He came as the message and he actually showed us who God was. And in Hebrews 1.3, it says, he, Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact expression of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Jesus was the message. As he lived on the earth and as he walked on the earth, he didn't walk around with a megaphone saying, I'm Jesus. I'm Jesus. I'm the really cool Jesus. Like he didn't do that. He just walked and he actually showed who he was by what he did. Instead of just somebody telling you they love you. How do you really know unless they show you? And that's exactly what he did. He contended to say that God so loved the world that he sent his only son. And through his son, he showed you that love. 
He kept pouring that love into you. He kept reminding as he walked with the people like Zacchaeus, the the sinner, uh, the tax collector, and he called him out of a tree, said, I'm going to come and eat with you. And then he's by the woman at the well, and he's like, hey, I can give you uh, this river of living water, and I can do these things in your life. And he ate with Judas, and he knew Judas would betray him. And yet, even those that were the closest to him, Jesus understood exactly how it feels to not be able to communicate as effectively as, as he was wanting. Because in John fourteen nine, Philip said to him, one of his disciples said, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long that you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. And I was thinking about how he was speaking and how he was standing there and how we find ourselves in in today's world and God is still speaking to us. I know there's controversy in the the world of if God still speaks, but I firmly believe that he still speaks. I believe that his voice is not silent, that his voice is near, that his spirit is alive and moving in the earth, and that he speaks to you and it says, and my sheep will hear my voice. And so I believe as I'm a sheep, then I've got the ability to hear the voice of God. And the thing is, is we come into these moments and we want to understand what God is saying. And Isaiah 55 Verse 8 and 9 says, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our, our ways. So if you've come in contact with like a super mathematician, have you anybody? I really have never, but you know, you, you hear about them. And they speak and they're like talking a language that you're like, like, I don't get. Like, what are you, how do the calculations are like happening and you're like, And you've got to understand that God sits in a space that's beyond your ability to comprehend. And yet he contends with our inabilities to bring them to a space that he keeps contending to speak to you so that you actually fully understand. Because in Psalm 139, it says, Oh, Lord, you've searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise up and you discern my thoughts from afar. So that's why I think it's so cool. I've never thought about this, except that he actually knows what you're thinking right now. So when he speaks something to you, he knows how you took it in. He knows how it's processing up there and what it's going to come to like land at. Now, when I speak something to you, like all of you right now, and I'm talking to you, I have no idea where your minds are. I have no idea what you're taking in and what you're thinking or what you're, you're probably still like, why does she still have that on? You know, maybe. I mean, I could be distracting to you. Feels heavy on my neck. But the fact that he can understand exactly where you're thinking to be able to come and bring the actual good news, the redemption, the freedom that you need right where you're at to say, I can see it all out. I can see exactly where you're and I can, I can come in this side door and, and, and speak something else to you to make you fully grasp what I'm getting the point, my point across. And so I just think it's beautiful that he's always wanting you to understand 
He's always contending for you to know for when he speaks to you that you might understand because he knows his thoughts are higher. And he even, re- he even revealed that to us that his ho- thoughts are higher. So therefore he needs to lead you into a place that's deeper and up and taking your mind to a greater ability to understand. And he can do that. So I'm going to test you. Okay, everybody see it? Okay, uh, Sylvie, what's one thing you could say about the picture? Black and white. Linda, what's one thing you could say about the picture? It showed movement. Freedom. What's one thing you could say about the picture, Jason? Girl riding horn. <laughs> that very clearly shows you the, the idea that when God speaks to you, how we can all receive it differently. When he says a word over you or he speaks a picture over you, how many people just saw something completely different? And when you take it in and you look at it, you are processing it through all of your experience. You're processing it through it, all of your knowledge. You're processing it through all of your wisdom of the word. You're processing it through your relationship with God. And God has got, God has got a big job working with our minds. We have to contend to, to submit them to the Lord. The Lord spoke a word over me, and this is the picture that he spoke over me. And so to me, that speaks of the word he spoke over me. And I had somebody take the word that he spoke over me and actually make this drawing for me so that I could remind myself of what the Lord actually said. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves of what the Lord has said. We have to put, put it in front of us and to remember when God speaks something to you, he knows how to exactly get it across to you so that you understand it. That you can actually perceive it. That you can actually like take hold of it. And so in Ephesians 3 verse 17, I'm going to just speak this word over you. So maybe just put your hand on your heart and just take it. Because I'm actually going to speak it like a prophecy over you this morning. That you being rooted and grounded in love may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth then the length and the height and the depth, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled, oh God, fill them with the fullness of God. Are you listening and does he have your attention this morning? When Christ came and he was a baby and then he died on the cross for you, that one representation was 100% love made known. It crossed every generational barrier. It represented something that, didn't, that broke down every barrier of language and every barrier of race and every barrier of time. And that love and that perfect sacrifice was perfect on time. It was a Kairos moment. And love was poured out out and it was shown to you. 
And he paid the price for all that came before us and all that will come after us. That is the miracle of the message. That in that one message, in that one moment of love, it was for all. It was for the one. And it was for all time. And you carry that message. And God has given you the grace to share the good news. And Paul in Ephesians 3, 8 and 9 was speaking and he was living his life after the cross. And in verse 8 it says, To me, though I am the least of all the saints, and maybe you feel like that, like Paul did. I got nothing. I'm the least of the least. I don't know. This grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring light to everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. He knew that he was called and he knew he had the grace on his life to accomplish the idea of bringing the gospel to the Gentiles. And Peter stood in the same time frame. And Peter's job was to preach to the Jewish people. Isn't that amazing to you? In the fact that he used two different people to bring the good news of the gospel to two different types of people. Aren't you glad we can communicate differently? Did you know you have people to reach? And if I try to reach them, and I fail. I might just plant a seed. And you might be the one that waters the seed. But you carry the gift of God and the grace on your life to accomplish bringing the good news. There's no doubt about it in my mind that he has given you the grace to bring the good news to the people in Warwick County. There's no doubt in my mind that you are not planted in the the actual neighborhood you're in without purpose. Not just because I like this house, but because there's people for you to reach. At your job, there's people that you can reach that no one else could reach. Because God given you the ability to communicate the gospel and the mystery of the gospel in a very unique and specific way. We are not all the same. And because we're not all the same, God can effectively communicate the word of the truth through the body of Christ. And it says in verse 10, it says, so that through the church, that's all of us. Shake your head. It's all of us. The manifold wisdom of God might now, right now, be made known to the rulers and the authorities in heavenly places. That's today. And I'm asking us, are we failing to communicate? I know that it's hard to go just up to someone and just start sharing the gospel with them. I know how hard that is. I got tested yesterday and failed. I felt like the Lord said to go tell this man that Jesus loves him. And I was just like, yeah, we had a long conversation, God and I, and I actually lost because I didn't go up to him. 
But are you failing in your showing? And I was thinking about it as my family and I are reading through Luke. Um, and Jesus is saying, hey, this is what we should look like. And maybe you don't even have to say anything. You can just look like this and they'll say, I know that's a believer. How about in your generosity? He says, even, even sinners give good gifts to their kids. So we all look the same. But when you actually give something to your enemy, that's when you show that you're actually a believer. How about in how you speak over those people? It says we can all speak kind things, but what if you actually bless your enemy? He said you should bless your enemy because that represents that I'm in you. How about in your marriage? Is the love in your marriage representing how well Christ loves the church? When people look at your marriage, do they say, that is exactly how God loves the church? He loves the church that much. I've never seen God at all, but I can see him through their marriage. And he's saying we should represent him in the earth in such a way, just like Jesus did. He didn't go in out and shout it from the mountaintops except sometimes, but he actually showed it as how he lived in our obedience. How well we obey and we're quick to obey what God is asking us to do. Or even as we obey our parents, that shows that, that we have a relationship with Christ, that we get to represent him that way. I know I've, I've challenged my children in that. Saying you can't walk around saying you're a Christian and then act like this. They don't work. If you're going to represent Christ, then you have to represent what he says. How about in your kindness towards one another? The, ex the, the kindness of Christ actually living day in and day out in how you speak. Not what you say, but how you say it. I get caught up in that. Sometimes I, I'm like, hold up, pull it back. I want to represent Christ. I, that's not who Christ is in me. I actually have been challenged with the thought of how much is there Jesus Becca and not just Becca Becca. I challenge the youth group in that sense. How much do people see actually Jesus when they stand in front of you versus you? How about in the power of the Holy Spirit functioning in your life? In signs and wonders and miracles, sometimes we get caught and we want that to be happening in our lives. And that's how they'll see that, that Jesus is alive. And really the miracle would be you just not being rude, you know, and you loving someone and you being kind and all those things. Like that's sometimes when I'm struggling, that's a miracle. When I'm really nice and when I don't feel like being nice. And Mary said to the angel when he came to her, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her. And I really want to make this the, the place that just settles in your heart. Because when the Lord speaks something to us and we say, well, I don't know how I'm going to accomplish that. Or how will I do that? Or how will this actually happen? 
And the, the thing is, is the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. That's the answer. That's how you're going to actually be the Jesus, Becca. That's actually how you're going to be generous beyond your measure. That's actually how you love your spouse beyond your ability and capabilities. It is not within you. It is within the power of the Holy Spirit living and moving and dwelling in the midst of you. And you have to awaken your spirit to the living God. And we have the function that the Holy Spirit is moving in us. She could not do that. But the Holy Spirit came upon her and gave her the power to conceive. And there's things that need to be born and and brought forth in this room that the power of the Holy Spirit needs to come upon you, rest on you, and breathe life into you. And not be weary and, and overwhelmed, but oh, that the strength of God to comprehend what is the riches and the immeasurable power of His Spirit working in you. Ephesians 3, 1 says that. There is an immeasurable power that is at work in us. That means there's no tap out. There's no limit. There's nothing that he can't do inside of you. And he even said that to Mary. He says, for nothing will be impossible for him who believes. When are you going to believe that? I want to live that. I only have this one chance on earth. To live the fullness of the Holy Spirit moving in my life and breathing through me. When I'm in heaven, that's not going to be applicable. But here it is. That the Spirit would move and live and dwell in us. That we would bring it to the earth. That we would speak the message. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He lived in that immeasurable power. The ability to communicate is at the greatest point in life. You actually don't even have to go overseas to reach someone overseas. You can send a text. You can start a podcast. You can write a book. You can do all kinds of crazy things. Make a song. Do a dance. All the things. People watch all kinds of things nowadays. But to the glory of God. In Luke 4, 18 and 19, it says that this is what Jesus read out of Isaiah. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. And those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor... And I am declaring over you that you are anointed. And that the spirit of the living God doesn't just rest on you. The spirit's in you. And that you've been set free. And you've been given the ability to proclaim liberty. And freedom to people. In sin, in depression, in death, in the lies of the enemy. You have been given the ability to speak over them. And I speak over you that you are free from sin. And to set the captives free, the chains were breaking this morning. From those enslaved to the slavery of pride. How about unbelief? The slavery to money? 
We have to break off those things that hold us captives. And he's declared recovery. And I declare recovery of sickness to you. The power of sickness and death and disease have no hold on you. None. Zero. They are actually a slave to the word of God. When you speak the word of God, it sets the captives free. That is the anointing of the Lord. That is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And to silence the voices of destruction. To silence lack in your life. To silence a a, a feeling of powerlessness. You You are not powerless. You actually have the spirit of the living God in you, which gives you the power to see all the things of the word of God come to come about. You have to listen and tune your attention into the ear for the spirit is speaking. God has set you free that you might live a life of faith. That you might act by faith. That you might speak by faith. And I was so challenged by that innkeeper in the Christmas story. A long time ago, Isaiah prophesied. Verse uh, Isaiah 7, 14. And he prophesied this. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. And behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. And I thought about how long between that prophecy happening and people starting to forget that prophecy. And I thought about if the innkeeper would have known that prophecy, and every time he saw a woman that was pregnant, he could have thought, that that could be the Lord. And if he actually took that and settled that in his mind, that he kept looking and contending for the promise. Every pregnant woman that didn't have other children around her, it could have been the Lord. He could have known. He could have actually had his spirit alive. And Jesus, when he was on the earth, he declared, I am coming and I'm coming soon. And he is returning. Are you ready? Are you, have you made yourself ready as, as a believer that, that you're not like the innkeeper so distracted by the things of the earth and the people at the end and this that's happening that in, the very, in his very presence was the king? Would Jesus come and you wouldn't even recognize him? And I'm saying the body of Christ, we need to be alive and awakened that the spirit is saying, hey, give us ears to hear what the spirit is saying and eyes to see what the spirit is doing. He tells the church that in Revelation, let us have ears to hear and eyes to see that we might know Because he is coming again. Isn't it good? Isn't that good news? And in in his coming, we have to be proclaiming that Jesus, that his good news, that he died for us, that he loves us. He loves you. With a faithful love. That even today, he's still speaking to us.
that he's still pursuing us, that he's still coming after us, that he still wants to have a deeper relationship with us. He still wants to move upon us. All of those things. Would you stand with me? God, there's such a miracle in your message because Jesus did it all. And we give honor to you, Jesus. The perfect lamb. We celebrate what you did for us, God. And the way we celebrate is that we will contend to contend to show that love to the world. That we would love you with all of our heart. And we would love people. God, give us a resolve to love at a greater capacity and a greater depth, just like Jesus. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit's doing, that we might interact and that we might communicate the gospel and the good news to everyone we encounter. God, help us to be having ears to hear what you're saying to us. God, I thank you that you speak to us. Thank you, God, that there's no lack in your communication with us. Thank you, God, for your great love and your great grace, the grace you've given us to walk out the call. We just receive your grace this morning. We thank you, you, you've given us the grace we need to preach the good news. God, we love you. That grace, that powerful, wonder-working grace in our lives. And we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. This morning, if you've never received the gift of the Holy Spirit, there's an opportunity for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's an opportunity if you've never come in contact or in relationship with Jesus. There's an opportunity for you to meet Jesus today. His heart is after you. His heart loves you. Uh, there's, uh, there's need to just lay down some of the things that you, you carry. Just lay them at the altar this morning. God, I thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in the house. There's going to be a prayer team, and I'm going to stand up here. I'm willing to pray for you this morning if you need prayer. God, we just so thank you for your word, that your word works in our lives, that your word is a seed planted in our heart. I just thank you, God, that your seed would, would prove fruitful today that we would see thousands upon thousands of people come to Jesus. Lord, that your church would show the love of Christ like never before, that we would go to the next level. I just thank you, God. You're so worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. From the very beginning of time until the end of days, God is communicating to us his love and his grace. And it's so powerful. So powerful. Put your hand in your heart this morning. 
I love giving this blessing because in the in the word it says after the blessing it says if you do that that puts a target on their heart I bless them I'll do what I said and I will show up and so as I speak the words this morning I'm drawing a target around your heart for God to put his blessing and his favor on you amen may the Lord bless you and keep you may the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Go in his grace today.